This is Creepy and Geeky. Welcome. I'm your host, Robert, and today I'm joined by none other than my daughter, Katrina. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's about damn time. Just like the Lizzo song. I guess I don't, I don't know that song. <laughs> I'm all oh, you should. So anyway, it's good to have you back. Uh, we have been trying to get this episode done for a long, long time, and uh, we are cutting it very, very close. This is actually being recorded the night before it's going to be going up. So this is probably the freshest episode I've ever put up. This is my one-year anniversary with Creepy and Geeky. We started this last year in 2021 on Halloween Day. That was the day the first episode dropped. And so we are going to drop this one. On the day, on Halloween day, exactly one year later. So, and I managed to finally get Katrina to come back onto the show. Uh, Unfortunately, my son couldn't make it onto the show, but that's good. We want to do this with just Katrina and I, because this was exactly how we originally envisioned the podcast. And uh, my son kind of jumped in. It was (laughs) like, what we're going to be talking about for this episode is going to (laughs) be what we wanted our first episode to be. When we were coming up with somewhat, that. somewhat, yeah, not yeah, we not exactly Halloween, yeah, yeah, we were going to start with some Halloween movies, and then it kind of morphed and changed, and so we're finally, finally getting back to the Halloween movies. Uh, this time, though, it's just uh, the David David Gordon Green trilogy uh, that started in Halloween 2018 and just finished finished with Halloween Ends. Uh, so. There will be lots of spoilers, including for Halloween ends. So if you have not seen that yet, please watch that before you listen to this podcast. Yep. Yep. All right. So that being said, we are going to forego our normal thing where I have uh, myself and uh, my kids talk about what we've been up to lately in terms of geeky or creepy stuff. And we're just going to jump straight into the conversation we're going to go right into Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. So, so I really like this one. This for me, the biggest issue, well, not the biggest issue. The biggest thing about the Halloween series in general was up until a few years ago, it was a huge blind spot for me. I'd never seen, I'd seen the first three, I think when I was a kid, and then I didn't see any of the other ones after that point. And up until a few years ago, when I bought the 10 disc set from Walmart uh, that had all of the original eight plus the Rob Zombie uh, movies. And uh, that's how I jumped in and uh, watched all of them. And I, you know, I like the first three. I'll give it that much. And then the rest were kind of okay ish and to bad. And, you know, it's it just depends on, you know, what the movie is and, and everything. but. The, this new one, Halloween 2018, uh, restarted it all. And actually, I thought it was really good. Uh, what did you think, Katrina? I 
I watched the first three Halloween movies in preparation for like the podcast, like a year or two <laughs> right. before watching Halloween 2018. So I, after watching the like original, like first three, I loved Michael. Like he, like since then he's been like my all time favorite killer horror movie villain, whatever. And I've seen, I've seen like Scream and before, before like Ghostface was my, my favorite, but then Michael Myers kind of overtook that. And I have no clue why. I just love him. Like I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing my Michael Myers shirt that I got from Spirit, um, just a few days ago. Because and I'm wearing my Halloween socks because I, I I just love him. So watching 2018 was kind of just like, uh, like a modern Michael Myers, which I really enjoyed because, like, it had like, I don't know. I love it when older movies can incorporate newer ideas into their movies like i remember watching the most recent screen movie and being like glad that they were talking about like social media and all of that stuff and i like that they incorporated that and with 2018 they included some of the more um modern technology and stuff that they were using (laughs) right so i i just i liked that part of the film because i just felt it felt more scary to be able to see michael in a modern age which is what i right. grew up with so I, I i liked it that they could still have michael be a scary like stalker guy right. in in 2018 so it wasn't just yeah. like it wasn't just ah oh, here comes michael just a guy in a mask just like because because like you see stuff on on the news all the time of people being fucking crazy um right but but like for this small town michael has just been this ghost and this like right like this ghost story for the town right. for so long and Lori is still having trauma from that and she's bringing it to her child and her grandchild and they're dealing with that and so it's just ha- having him being brought back is just I-, I don't know i just really like how how they were able to kind of reboot it with right with it. Yeah, no, I I like that too. It's it's so Katrina has only seen the first three original ones, and then these these latest three. She has yeah. not seen anything uh, in between. She hasn't seen the Rob Zombies or anything four through eight. Planning on it, I just don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't had the time lately. And I have I have everything on four K now, except for the Rob Zombie movies. I don't have those currently um, at all, and. Uh, but I have all the rest of the Halloween series on 4K. I got all the new awesome Scream Factory 4Ks, even Resurrection, because uh, I was just like, all right, I, I got to have these. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't have the same re- like Katrina really likes Michael. She thinks he's an awesome slasher. Now, to be fair, she hasn't really seen much of um, uh, I don't think she's seen anything of Friday the 13th or um nightmare on elm streets right i've seen friday the 13th i've seen the, the first, first one. one and i okay, started but watching you haven't that... seen any of the jason ones. no i but i've been i just started watching nightmare on elm street the other night um but okay. i only got like five minutes in and then fell asleep <laughs> so um technically haven't watched it and technically yeah. haven't really started it but i it is in my now watching on whatever thing it's on so right so, yeah, so she hasn't really seen a lot, so she doesn't have a really good frame of reference. But so far out of the slashers that she's seen, she really likes um, Michael. 
So I almost said Jason. <laughs> you did say Jason. <laughs> I said Jay. <laughs> anyway, so getting back to the topic. And yes, I, I like how they brought back, they kind of erased everything after the first one and just took it back to the original John Carpenter Halloween movie and just kind of went, okay, we're restarting over. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happened with Michael and Lori, like, you know, not between them anyway. Michael's been captured and put in 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 the hospital this whole 40 years and you know, meanwhile Lori's gone like like a survivalist um who believes that Michael's coming back for her at some point and it's and and the damage that that wrought on her family mm-hmm. um that's that's what I found interesting about it is like the damage that it did to her and the damage it did to her family and then meanwhile everybody else in the town at least in this first movie everybody else in this town has moved on they it it didn't affect most of them so they all just kind of okay whatever it's this old tale she's the crackpot you know and you know everybody just kind of moved on at least he's basically the only one that's still talking about it Right. And she's the, she's the one tr- she's the one trying to warn everyone that he's going to come back and right. is but nobody's listening. Right. And and honestly, like I think that you know, getting getting into the meat of the story now, if it hadn't been for his psychopath doctor who really wanted to understand Michael yeah. uh and the way he kills, that if it hadn't been for him trying to get him to let go um, to set up the crash or whatever uh, for him to be released. If that hadn't happened, the rest of this wouldn't happen. Michael would have just gone over to the mm-hmm. even more extreme hospital and would have been kept locked inside forever and nothing would have ever happened. But of course, crazy doctor has to let him, let him loose. And, uh, you know, he paid the price for that himself as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I really enjoyed where they took it, I'm. I was glad to see that John Carpenter came back as a producer and as the composer. So it's like you know he felt so strongly about this, um, this story that he was willing to be a part of it for the first time since number three. Mm-hmm. And so you know that was that was a fascinating thing for me that you know he because of that because he doesn't really do much. Um, he hasn't done much in film for for a while now, and this was kind of his. Uh, way back in mm-hmm. uh, so and uh, I, I I enjoyed that aspect of it especially it was a great soundtrack John Carpenter um, his son and uh, their partner um, did a great job great job on, on on the soundtrack revisiting you know the old themes and creating new new sounds for us mm-hmm. so but uh, yeah it's it's <sighs> I liked that, you know, at, at some point, Lori, you know, sure, she had a couple of failed marriages and she you know, was so like messed up that they had to take her daughter away from her when mm-hmm. she was 12. Um, and but I liked being able to see that she she had had a family at one point. She had a kid and that kid, you know, as much as it messed her up and everything went on to go live another life and, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 did that and. For me, Judy Greer is a huge fave. I love Judy Greer. I, I think she's an awesome actress. And it's always great to see her in a movie. So it was great to see her play, uh, playing Lori's daughter. Specific, you want to say about anything? I haven't watched it. 
in recent enough time that I have I like right before we started recording this, I watched a, a three minute video on the synopsis <laughs> of it. Um, and that is all that I have. So I said I said what I said at the beginning. So <laughs> all right. So um let me think. Uh so what I think is what I what I also like about this too is that this is this is the movie that you know everybody kind of wanted was mm-hmm. a you know if this movie had been the last movie uh that they got to do if they didn't get to do their trilogy this would have been a great final movie there was it was a great battle between Laurie and Michael and you know the last we see of them is that you know they they're burning Michael alive mm-hmm. inside that basement that there's no way he can get out of mm-hmm. and so that part of it was really good um, in that way, because, you know, if we didn't get anything else, it was a really good story. It was really fun. And we got an ending to everything in a way that was, you know, pretty satisfying, I thought. And, you know, it it, it definitely left it open in a way because, you know, of course, we didn't see his body or whatever. And so it it, it could leave it open and it did, but it also left it enough in a way that you could presume that he died fully and that they, they, they survived and, mm-hmm. you know, it, happy endings for everybody. Yeah. It was a, it was a good conclusion if, if it didn't work out. So it was kind of just that kind of tight, like clean ending, but there was right. still a little bit that you could be like, well, we yeah. didn't see it. So maybe, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um but nothing that could be like he's still alive like nothing for sure that like he's alive or he's dead like it was just it was right. just yeah it was schrodinger's michael you know he yeah. was dead yeah. he's in it <laughs> you left him in a burning basement and you didn't see him again he's either alive or he's dead and you won't know until you open the box <laughs> so <laughs> um a good analogy right um so i think that the there's um uh, one thing i did want to ask you about was because you are a fan of uh true crime podcasts mm-hmm. um and in the beginning we have the true crime podcasters mm-hmm. who kind of like help set all this emotion as well that they go to go talk to michael and they go talk to Lori, and they're just they just strike me as like the most over the top like and don't get me wrong there are definitely podcasters and people who are like this who are so like so serious in the way they record their stuff and you know it's it's very like you know i I don't even know how to say it but it's it's just so over the top and and it was funny just to see that because there's the best pod the best true crime podcasts are the ones that aren't very serious Mm -hmm. and they they tell the stories and they're you know and not necessarily that they're having fun with if it. I, if I if I want like to listen to like a podcast that's like more serious about the true crime yeah. elements about stuff, I'll just watch a fucking documentary about <laughs> this stuff because I I don't I don't want to listen to somebody explain all right. the facts because well and I, I think that's boring. Like if I well, if I'm on my drive to work, I don't want to listen to something boring. Like right. I, I want to be able to listen to something that. Well, and they do have a level of seriousness. Like, I don't, I don't want to just listen to Ted Bundy killed this person. This person died this way. 
after this person right. died, Ted Bundy went on and did this. Like, I think that's boring. I'd rather right, have right. people discuss Ted Bundy's thing and be like, yeah, he was a fucking Republican. Like, yeah. And like, I think that's funny because it's not necessarily relevant to his like crime. Right. But it's funny that they include it. And I, <laughs> anyways, I personally like true crime podcasts that are more funny a lot morbid or more fun um, in general yeah yeah the yeah, reason like why said, i like love morbid. morbid so much is because there's such a kind of funny kooky kind of like not I, I don't, kooky's not the right word but right. just a just a funny duo and i love how they present the stuff right. and it's not it's not just true crime they go into paranormal stuff too and so right. there's just there's there's different aspects of it um what and, and they're not this, making this... light of the subject either they're, no no like, no they're they, not they, like making they're fun always of it or... specifying yeah. that whenever they're laughing in the podcast it's not laughing at the crime they're they're right they're laughing at situations outside of that um right. but for for the case of halloween 2018 um it I haven't watched it in recent enough time to be able to remember how exactly the true crime podcasters were right. in the movie, but I don't doubt that um, how the directors and stuff did it. They wanted them to be uh, a kind of stupid and kind of annoying group of people right? because you kind of want that first kill in in a, right. in a movie to be kind of gratifying because then you yeah. can have the sad stuff later um right. because you you kind of just want to be hooked and be like oh yeah those stupid podcasters well and these Yay. podcasters were being very opportunistic and yeah. taking you know and doing what they could to you know rile michael up and yeah. and to you know and 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 to pump Lori for information and mm -hmm. you know get the most salacious dirt that they could on on yeah. the whole situation and rather than really getting you know you true information from her there's there's or, like a difference you know. between being a true crime podcaster and being like a true crime journalist podcaster because i yeah. feel like that's what they were more like from like what i can remember, yeah well they tried that, to say they were investigative journalists yeah that's like that that's well, the difference so. is that like yeah. they they were probably trying to get information to make an article and then they had a fucking podcast it's 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 closer to like um npr or the new york times having right. like a crime like a true crime kind of section like right, podcast right, right. like that that's more of what it would be like and that's more serious more kind of annoying bullshit um <laughs> than just a true crime podcast in itself where it's just it, right. yeah so yeah but yeah but yeah i thought that was funny especially now being podcasters uh but mm -hmm. we're not true crime podcasters so <laughs> i love true crime I, I i was working yeah. the other day and somebody came in with a crime junkie shirt and i was like hey love the shirt because we true crime junkies gotta we we gotta stick together like we like true crime lovers gotta stick together because we're the weirdos we're, we're the weirdos that are like i <laughs> i was i was talking to uh some uh college acquaintances of mine about the Dahmer show and we were talking yes. about how it's terrible how it shouldn't yes. even be a thing because they didn't get permission from any of the victims families right there's so much fictionalization and dramatization of his kills and of his character that people are connecting with Jeffrey Dahmer when they should not be right right Jeffrey Dahmer should not be a person that you feel a connection with that you feel like you want to get to know he is a cannibal and a murderer you shouldn't right. not want to be connected to a person like that because it's not right. just a character 
it's an actual person that had right. actual consequences for actual families like that. No. So anyway, the point that I'm getting at is that while we were talking about all of that, I was like, oh yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer did this because of this reason. And I know this because I listened to this podcast and this other reason is because of this. And it's just like, they were kind of just sitting there like, what is she talking about? She's fucking crazy. <laughs> and so like if if there's but there was one there was one girl who was in the group who did listen to true crime stuff who was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Like so we were we were on the same wavelength whereas the other two people were just like <laughs> kind of looking at us weird. So um yeah. but in any case, any in any case, um true crime's great. <laughs> the depiction in Halloween 2018 is a little is a little less of what I think true crime podcast should be. Um, so that that's and I mean there I is a don't get it. me wrong, there is a place for that kind of true crime podcasting, you know, taking it seriously because you do want people to take it seriously. Yeah. And to and to give you the information in a way that's not um that's not making light of it. Uh yeah. and that and that's more it than anything else. And that's not what I'm saying when when I say that like I think the best ones are ones that have jokey tones i think the best ones are the ones who present the information in a good positive way uh mm -hmm. but also have a lighter tone outside of the story yeah well like morbid and like my favorite murder and you know that kind of stuff where they can you know take a look at these in a good serious tone but also have fun outside of that and 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 be jokey with each other about their lives or about anything else that helps kind of break that tension up a little yeah, bit yeah so for sure yeah but anyway back to halloween yes. so it's <laughs> <laughs> so you know it i thought this was really good you know it gave I, I i like that you know i know there's some people that don't like this because it's um it kind of follows a lot of the same beats in a way of the first halloween you know that he's mm -hmm. killing some teenagers and you know and and Lori's kind of the loomis character this time and and everything and i and i get that but at the same time i think they they, they again a lot of times when you do a legacy sequel there's going to be a lot of similarities because they want people to you know kind of jump back into it and you know and mm -hmm. and so i get the i get it don't get me wrong i really do i don't want to repeat of the you know whatever came before but i think there's a certain amount of that that you can't avoid and i think that they did enough difference in this movie to justify the you know what they did so yeah and i think yeah they killed the teenagers but you know it wasn't they were in different different ways and in different kills and so and i thought it was interesting too that um uh allison's boyfriend uh mm -hmm. from the first movie i didn't even think about him while watching the first movie um but he didn't get killed in the first movie. And then mm -hmm. he pops up in the, in the beginning of the second movie. I was like, oh yeah, totally forgot about him through all this. And so yeah, so that, that transitions us to uh, Halloween kills now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he who was left at the party now finds uh, uh, um, uh, deputy Hawkins lying on the ground after being attacked by uh, uh, Dr. Sartain. And uh, so he helps save him and get him to the hospital and meanwhile, uh, the the townspeople, we finally see some townspeople are at the bar and Tommy Doyle and Lonnie and uh, um, 
the nurse, I can't remember her name now. Um, and uh, Lindsay are all there at the bar and they're reminiscing because it's the 40th anniversary of the attack and they mm-hmm. were all part of that. And so it's, so it's still on some of their minds, you know, the people who were involved in it, they still deal with the scars of that, whether everybody else is or not. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and then we do see a flashback, which is really good to the, the, the night in 1978 when Michael first attacked and we see Hawkins on the hunt for him, chasing after him and uh, his partner uh, played by um, uh, Jim Cummings from uh, the Wolf of Snow Hollow. He was, um, they found him and in uh, his old house uh, where he killed his sister Mm -hmm. and they, uh, Michael attacks and grabs onto uh, Jim Cummings character. I can't remember his name right now, but grabs him and Hawkins uh, while trying to save him, shoots him, not Michael and kills, kills his partner. And, uh, but after that, Michael goes outside of the house and basically just stands there in a, what you noticed. And I didn't catch this the first time but you noticed was a scene very reminiscent to the first Halloween when he, after he killed his sister and he was out there on the, on the uh, sidewalk waiting for his parents to get there or standing there when his mm-hmm. parents got there. And so I thought that was a really good catch. Uh, Cause I didn't catch that. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah. Uh, and I always thought that the guy who's playing Loomis was a, it was a digital face uh, mapped onto his, but apparently that was just makeup. So I thought that was really cool that they uh, accomplished that with, uh, just makeup instead of actually uh, digitizing uh, uh, Donald Pleasance's face onto mm-hmm. his. So I I've really loved Halloween Kills because it had it had so many nods to other films in the franchise, especially the the like masks and stuff that were from Halloween right. Three. Like I thought that was such a cool nod because I saw it and I saw it in the trailer and I was like, oh shit, that's the fucking mask. And I was, right. it made me, it made me hyped up for the movie. And I remember, I remember like walking in the hallways at the theater I work at and hearing the Halloween music and just feeling like, <laughs> fuck yes, because this was going to be the first Halloween movie that I was going to be able to see in theaters. And it was just this kind of like glorifying feeling for me. And because because it was only a few like maybe a year or so that I've been a fan of Michael and right and having a Michael Myers movie in the theaters that I was going to be able to see was just so it was so cool and <laughs> I was so excited and I and I even went to like the like the special screening that we do for employees um before right. it came out and so that was that was really cool because they got to see it in Dolby. And so it was just like all of the sounds and all of the creepiness and stuff was just like tenfold because it was right around Halloween and it was in Dolby. And it was just it was just this perfect <laughs> mesh of like good moments um, in my life that kind of just perfected it. I think I saw it two or three times in total. Um at the theater yeah i think it might have only been two because i did the screening then i went with you but i don't know if i saw it another time 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I did because it's a great movie. But <laughs> um, I do I do just love how um, it had the mass. And I love the scene, especially in the, the park where the kids, I think, have yeah. the have the mass on their face, but they're dead. And so it's just like shit. Like it's just it's just a weird thing because like it's weird to see like dead bodies and stuff, but have like no face because it almost like is like they're they're just costumes hung up. Right. Like that that's yeah. how how it feels, but they're bloodied. And so it's like yes, like obviously they're <laughs> but right. um it, I that whole scene with the park was just a very interesting one because because it's all of the people who were um involved in the first attack are there, I'm pretty sure. Um and then they're having to escape Michael again. Um, right. And having to pass by those kids and having to find hiding spots in a vast park where Michael right. is just yeah. slowly stalking you, but he he knows where the fuck you are. There's nowhere to hide with <laughs> Michael, barely at all. I swear to God, I thought that who was hiding at the fucking bank of the stream, like I thought she was gonna die because, like, that's such a bad hiding spot. Even if it's dark, you can't you can't be in like. You're hiding from like one small like view. If anybody right. sees you from any other part of that view, you're gonna be caught. Like she mm -hmm. should have been hiding underneath the bridge or something. Like not just by the. <laughs> the tree um i just thought it was dumb sorry kind of excuse me tangent but um <laughs> i thought at, like after i watched the the movie i was kind of annoyed by the whole like evil dies tonight or whatever they, they say <laughs> right. i thought that was so fucking stupid i thought that was really dumb because i think it go ahead me, i'm sorry for me i was just like why did we have to have that in the movie i felt like it was a waste of time when we could be focusing on michael but then somebody said afterwards that like that's supposed to be like the moment where you realize how much michael has affected the town and right and yeah. the 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 impact that the town has like in the in the first movie everybody's just kind of like and eh, laurie's kind of just a weirdo like um it's not really important but then you in the second movie you get the four people who were involved in the first attacks and then you still have Lori, and then you have hawkins right. as an added character um right. who has connections with michael i mean i'm hawkins was in the first one but still um yeah he when he gets sheriff back, bracket again too so. yeah yeah you get bracket too and so when you get um when you get michael to come back that fear and that that just terrifying feeling right it's brought back into the town and i didn't i didn't put that together when i was first watching it because i was just like why can't we just get to get to michael let's get to michael because <laughs> i just wanted to see him kill people and be sick like that right. like that's all i wanted um but the second movie was more about how how michael's Killings and his behaviors affect people, and right. I thought that was a I thought that was a really interesting take on on the second movie was that um, he's not just a guy who kills people he he's a guy who 
genuinely affects the the town right um, so it's he's not just a ghost story anymore he's right he's a real threat so um i thought that that was a good kind of switch um that flipped right. um for the second movie yeah, I think that the, you know, in in terms of the way the movies are, the first in Halloween 2018, uh it's more about how Michael has affected Lori and her family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh and yeah. then in the second movie, it's about how it affected the town and and again, in the first movie, it's Lori fighting back. Um Yeah. You know, and you know, we realize throughout these movies that, you know, Lori in the beginning thinks that she, uh he's coming after her that he's obsessed mm-hmm. with her and wants to kill her and kill her family and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you find out throughout it, Michael doesn't care. Michael's not trying no. to kill her. You know, it's not about killing her because of her, you know, he's killing her because she's happens to be in the way, you know, yeah. it's never about. She's, you know, she's the one, she's the one who survived and is always going to try to work to kill him and stop him. And he doesn't like, right. Her. so right. it's not, it's well, not, and even in this m- moment, he's not really trying to get to her. He's trying to get to town, get to his old house. Mm-hmm. And that that was his seemed like his it's soul. Never motivation. Even explained. Sure, he's going to kill people. Yeah. And so he's going to try and kill people along the way. But I think that's what's interesting about it, too, because it's like evil is not explainable. He's mm-hmm. killing just to kill because that's just what he does. He is pure evil and evil effects, you know, it affected Lori and her family and, and how that affected them. And then, uh, and then how the movie and the, how the second movie, how it affected the town and the people who, who also were hurt or whatever. And then how they try to take it back as well. Yeah. Also to disastrous, you know, uh, consequences. So, because we get that whole point where the town finally finds him and attacks him and has him down on the ground. And instead of, you know, making sure that they kill him completely. They give him a little bit too much pause and he lashes out and starts killing Mm -hmm. everybody around him. Uh, And uh, it's, 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 it's a great scene. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, it just shows that, you know, this, this mob mentality, because just before that, this mob sees this one of the other patients that mm-hmm. got off that bus too, and they chase him down, thinking he's Michael. And rather than you know having cooler heads prevail, they all chase him into a you know cornering him into a position where he has to jump from a building. And yeah, kill but him. the but like, but contrasting that, the only person who was trying to help the person was Lori's daughter, and right, that, like, yeah, the one who is almost the one most closely associated with Michael's evil is the one who's like, that's, that's not the guy is the one that's almost completely removed from the mob. Like, so like you, you would think that the, that the people who are most closely associated with having the, I mean, Lori was obviously happy with the mob. Um, but wasn't she? I don't, think so I, she was out of it for most of that she was you know in the hospital trying to like get treated and everything so i'm not sure yeah but she I, was aware I, of what was going on i guess i, I feel like from what it's i been remember a little from... bit since i saw that part of it i started watching yeah. it and didn't get to finish it 
Uh, but it, I, but I get what you're saying. But I think that the the interesting thing about Halloween Kills is about how this, how this, how mob mentality can be like. You think that it should like you think a town coming together to stop Michael would be a good thing, but it mm-hmm. also shows that how it's also a bad thing because you get people who aren't focused and aren't um, how how it devolves really quickly mm-hmm. rather than being something that should be a good thing and turns into a bad thing. Yeah. And it, I mean, it turned into a bad thing, no matter what, you know, they killed that guy, that, that ki- guy ends up killing himself to get away mm-hmm. from them. And then Michael not only kills everybody else that's around him that tried to kill him, but ends up in the very end, killing Lori's daughter. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, she like, it's, she pays the price like she she tries to get him away from everybody that that mm-hmm. was why she 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 was the bait to get him to go after her rather than the other people yeah and um and then you know uh allison's boyfriend uh dies in there and it's just it's crazy that this movie's yeah. crazy the kills are wild in this mm-hmm. one it's i was it's, gonna i was gonna say that halloween kills has probably some of the best kill scenes in the entire yeah. and some of them franchise. are brutal from, too from, from the movies that i've seen which is only six but <laughs> has the best kills in the entire franchise for me from yeah. what i've seen but yeah it's i i i like halloween kills a lot i like all three of these movies a lot and we'll get into halloween ends uh but you know i really liked halloween kills a lot because of that it gave you that that look at how evil has affected this town and how that that can also warp the town itself yeah um and and that's how always this is too each one of these movies is about how this evil not only affected them but also warped them in Mm -hmm. ways that was not good for uh the 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 individuals or the town itself as a whole I so. feel like I feel like the Halloween movies and and Michael Myers is less of just um, a killer being a killer. It's the killer and how he affects people psychologically, and right. and th- I feel like that's one of the scariest things that you can think about because I feel like when you when you start because Ghostface. He's scary because he kills people and he changes. So he's always a different person. And that's why he's scary. He has a voice changer and he asks you, what's his, what's your favorite <laughs> scary movie? That's why he's scary. Um, but and then for. Like um, Freddie, he goes into your dreams and then which kills is you. pretty damn scary, which is so, scary, which yeah. is scary, but it's not real. Like there's no, there's no, there's, there's never going to be a scary person who's going to go into your dreams and kill you. (laughs) But, but for Michael, yeah, there is the possibility of a killer rampaging a town and escaping or going to prison and his kills affecting entire generations. Right. Because that does yeah. happen. And oh, yeah. this the psychological impacts of that is real. And so it like I think that's why I, I like Michael Myers is because he feels real, despite right. despite how 
all-powerful and unkillable he may seem right he he his effects are real and i think that's why he's scary right right yeah no i agree with you i think i agree with you i'm not different about the halloween franchise for me and why right i I enjoy it so much other than Uh, the third movie because like that's a weird that's a weird one-off that that one's not associated with the michael myers yeah so (laughs) that's that's true okay so yeah michael myers halloween that's why i think yeah um All right, so let's get into Halloween ends because that's right, the most recent one. Because I have notes for this one, <laughs> and this is the one she and I have not talked about ever. About we watched it separately. Uh, finally, got her to uh, sit down and finally watch it uh, and and create notes so she would be ready to to talk hardcore about mm-hmm. this. So uh, I liked it. Did you like it? I enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. All right. So give me your thoughts. So I really I really liked it. Um my only issue is I I wrote in my notes, I wish it would have been a movie more about Michael than Corey. <laughs> because I felt like some of the Corey scenes were unnecessary. Um, but I understand that it was setting up a narrative. Um, right for for um michael's ending um and that entire thing um but i i just didn't i didn't understand why it had to be like that because in my mind the end of a trilogy introduced a new character and it seemed kind of just like out of the blue and this is most people's this has been most people the people who either are kind of middle ground or who didn't like it this is their major concern with it because one the marketing made it seem that this was going to be a full on um battle royale between yeah. Lori and Michael and then two that um and that's what a lot of people wanted and the, and and that's what they wanted and so the those were that was the people's main concern. And they were like, well, why are we getting this character? What does this have to do with anything? And again, where we had the first movie was about how it affected Lori and her family. The second mm-hmm. one is how it affected the town. And then the this third one was now how this new rampage has now affected, you know, the 2018 rampage has mm-hmm. now affected the town since then. And then on top of that, because of that, because Michael got away and mm-hmm. like was never apprehended after that point, that now the the boogeyman was really out there and everybody was like, OK, so Michael could come back at any time. We don't know where he's at. We don't know if he's alive or dead, but he could come back at any point. And once Corey, uh, who had been being bullied and picked on, mm-hmm. um, that once he discovered Michael and grabbed that mask from him, he was like, I'm going to take Michael's power. I'm going to take this, this, and I'm going to become this boogeyman that everybody's scared of because they should be scared of me at this point. You know, Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be bullying me. I'm tough enough. And, you know, he became evil. He was infected by that evil. Yeah. And because of what the way the town was treating him, and mm-hmm. because of that after effect of Michael, they made Corey their new boogeyman mm-hmm. in a way because Michael was gone. They hadn't seen or heard from Michael in a long time. So they made Corey their new boogeyman. And then he was just like, well, screw it. I'm actually going to become the boogeyman. And yeah. 
So he was doing that in a way where he was, you know, using Michael to, you know, kill somebody at first. And then he was like, well, I'm just going to take it on myself and I'm going to be the next Michael. Yeah. And, you know, so that was how it was. It was more about how the town was then, you know, the after effect and how that was affecting things because, you know, the townsfolk were also blaming Lori for bringing him back. Yeah. Uh, that second time. And so mm-hmm. it's just like, that's not her fault. You know, yeah. she warned everybody. She tried to warn everybody about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure, she seemed like a crackpot when he was, you know, in jail for 40 years. But after that point, you know, you know, you should have listened to her. Yeah. But, you know, it's so I get why people complain about it and everything. I get it. It wasn't what you wanted. But I think that it's an interesting uh, and because what it really is, is it's not meant to be just another sequel. And that's where a lot of horror movies are, where then the next sequel is just like, OK, well, he's back, you know, especially with slashers. He's back. He's just killing people. We're going to have fun with that, blah, blah, blah. And this was really the end of this specific trilogy. And they mm-hmm. wanted to say something about the nature of evil and the way that it infects and the way that people uh react to that both as the town and as individuals and how that all comes together and so sure at the end of it all we get you know a a a slight michael versus laurie you know fight and we get the you know the the release of michael finally being dead but you know going into that you had to have a story of something else you know Mm -hmm. it couldn't just be all michael coming back and you know, knock down, drag out. I just think that would have been not as fun and not not as interesting more yeah. than anything. So, um, I I think that makes a lot of sense. I didn't I didn't think about that, but I I I did write in my notes that like the the quote unquote evil that was in the town and all of that, like you said, right. it infected Corey. Um, but I think that was in Corey the whole time. And I think that Michael just helped helped kind of bring that out because because Corey after he like he unintentionally pushed that kid, but right. I think I think that when he met Michael and when he was getting bullied by those high school kids, he he if you're getting bullied and then you meet a serial killer. There's not, you don't, right? You don't just flip a switch like Corey did. That's not what happens. You like no, and you can see that in his family life, his mother's overbearing yeah. and very like you know um um. He he was uh, going to go down that path whether or not he met Michael or not. That that was that, going I think to that happen. There were seeds there. Yes. Yeah. Um. For sure. But like what Lori said, evil, like what did she say? Oh. Evil changes shape. That's what she said. Yes. And so, yes. like, the evil that was inside Michael changed shape because it was now in Corey and it expressed expressed itself in similar ways, but was different. Had different origins. Had different reasons. Right. Um, but all in all, the evil that Corey had, I believe, was there the whole time. Because it was going to come out eventually. Because you can be, you can, you can, you can have like, I don't know. No, I I understand what you're saying. I really do. I think that I think that 
I don't think it was initially there. I think that after he accidentally killed the kid and then after the town basically made him a pariah and started treating him badly and his mom was always just on his like, you know, very like, you know, kind of keep trying to keep him at home and trying to keep him away from everything Mm -hmm. and, you know, being very overbearing and stuff. It was all a bad mix that after that point, after the point that the kid dies and, you know, he had, you know, what, three years after that point to let that fester in him, like his life did not go the way it was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was having to, you know, be secluded and be away from everybody and everybody who did see him treated him like crap and. You know, and and every time the mom saw him, she you know, called him a murderer, no matter what. Like mm-hmm. you know, that she didn't believe him, even though the dad, the dad believed that he wasn't like that. But the dad said that too. That was something that was in the movie too. When he used to see him around, yeah, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't, saw the he kid that used yeah. to mow his lawn. But mm-hmm. now, this last time he saw him, he saw something different and something yeah. changed in Corey. And that was the moment where. I think that, like you said, it was there, but it wasn't there, you know, and so it w- it took this series of bad that's, events. That's what I'm saying and, is, it, yeah, it, it, like it would have happened to Corey at at some point. There, there, there's, there's Something no reason would have caused this. Yes, in him. Yeah. E- even if the kid wasn't pushed, or even if he didn't like meet Michael, if he didn't meet Lori. Well, I don't think in things- that way that I think. I Go think ahead. things still would have happened in his life that would have led him to that. I don't think so. I mean, like I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think that because of the kid dying and everything, and then everything that collapsed after that, that's what made it uh, happen. Like if things had gone normal and yeah, but gone I'm just saying, I'm... and everything else, that maybe he would have had a much happier, better life, and he wouldn't have been in this situation. That's what I'm saying, though, is that if. If those bad events didn't happen, but then other bad events happened. I mean, maybe no, no but... matter no matter what bad event would have happened, whatever bad event would have happened, Corey would have turned evil. That is what would have happened. That is what I believe, because if his life would have went the way that he wanted, then he would have no reason to be evil. Like right. that that's my belief. But, but I'm also... because because the kid thing happened, even if that happened 10 years down the road. That still would have happened. He still would have turned evil 10 years down the road because it wasn't just Michael that turned him evil. It was the kid thing that turned him evil. It was the bullying. It was all of this that turned him right. evil. And that's right. but that's, that's why I'm saying it was that specific set of events. If something else bad in his life happened, I don't think that he would have become evil just to become evil just because of a different series of bad events. Like I, I think, think we'll this just was have a, to agree to disagree I think this was a specific confluence of events that made it see like that made him go down this this pathway. Um, you know, because living in Haddonfield and because of the specter of Michael and everything else that just tied all into that more than just, Oh, well, he might've turned evil. You know, if, if something else bad might've happened, I guess I, I'm not for saying the, you're wrong. For the I'm movie, just, I think yeah. your stuff is right. But for me thinking beyond the movie and thinking about like, I'm trying to like rationalize stuff. And I know it's impossible <laughs> to do that for a movie, but for for right. me, I'm trying to rationalize why this happened to Corey. And because, right. but again, I think this is cause, just, cause it's just like, it's just fictional. It's just fiction yeah. but for my brain. I'm just like, it, it shouldn't have been evil. Like it, it shouldn't yeah. have happened. 
Um, so, I but mean, I'm try- you I'm know, to, I'm trying to rationalize it in my brain. So I think, I think right. I'll just have to, I can't, I can't. So. <laughs> no, but I think, I think that, you know, there's just, there's, I think that it was just unfortunate, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that's, that's, you know, we, we've, you know, as a true crime person, you've, you've heard the stories of, you know, people who have had really bad lives. Most of these serial killers are usually people who come from really bad lives and you know have some kind of messed up stuff in their history that's the thing is that i'm talking about like like i'm talking about Corey as if he's like a real life like serial killer person no i know what you're saying but i think that that's what i'm trying to rationalize is like right what how it would have panned out in real life because if somebody's going to be a serial killer ted bundy would have still killed all those people it doesn't matter how his life would have gone he still would have killed all those people because ted bundy is an evil person he is an evil, murderous person, and there's. I'm not nothing, saying I completely disagree n- with you, but I'm just saying that, like, I think that if Corey would have had other bad things happen to his life, it may not have exactly come out this way. Sure, maybe he would have been something else, you know. Sure, sure. That, that I'm not saying that, like, like Corey would have like killed all these people if other bad things in his life happened. But I'm just saying, he, in itself. In himself right. has evil and that evil was brought out by michael and by the events okay. that happened that evil wasn't put onto him he didn't he didn't feel bad about being evil right. he didn't feel bad he wanted to be evil he right. wanted to murder those kids that were bullying right. him he wanted to get revenge so this is the difference when, when this he is first thing- when he first killed that that homeless guy outside the thing right that was the first instance where he felt what evil felt like and he was like whoa whoa at first but but he did it again if you kill somebody and you feel that guilt and that remorse and you feel that like sense of oh my god what the fuck did i just do you won't kill another person again Corey didn't feel yourself in yeah Corey didn't feel that yeah. And that's why Corey. No, because he person. was broken. Yeah, he was broken at that point. Um, and but this is what I think is interesting too about all of this too is that Corey's every one of Corey's kills, except for maybe the homeless guy, every one of Corey's kills was done in revenge. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, like every person he killed or tried to kill or whatever, was somebody that was in his way of some sort. Uh, the doctor he killed and the nurse he killed. They they were because. Uh, okay, Allison I was gonna didn't ask, get the promotion. I was gonna ask, who the fuck were the people that he killed in the house? Is that who you're talking about? When he was wearing the different mask so, and and Michael came in and then killed the guy or so the girl. Corey killed the doctor, but I think I think it was Michael who yeah killed who killed the, the girl, girl and did the yeah. the stab thing like the he stab did into the wall. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So those that was a doctor and a nurse. That was that... the doctor and the nurse that Allison worked with. Oh, okay, got it. See, <laughs> see, didn't didn't remember. So that's that. why he went to kill them is because Allison gotcha. didn't get the promotion, and so he went to go kill them in revenge. That was one of my he... notes because I didn't know yeah. who they were because yeah. I I started watching half of the movie on one day and then had to finish it a week later so i didn't remember who they were so (laughs) thanks for that but you're welcome fixed my brain a little bit but yeah so that's that was them and then he killed the kids who were bullying him 
which was really weird though band geeks um like i've seen a lot of people going like band geeks are bullies now and like yeah of course band geeks can be bullies yeah. just as much as anybody else the so. band geeks in my high school were worse than the people who played sports <laughs> right like it's a, just because you think it's supposed to be jocks and you know rich people who are the bullies you know, the band geeks can be bullies just as much so you know anybody who anybody who feels like they they've got any kind of power over somebody so but anyway but yeah so all of his all of Corey's kills were motivated by revenge people he wanted to take out who slighted him or who he thought you know who were in his way uh so you know, which was different from Michael. Michael's was Michael's is always whoever happened to be in his vicinity. Michael had anything. Michael else. had no motive, had no like right. um, the only reason why he stalked Lori in the first movie was because he saw her at his old house. Mm -hmm. in the very first one. So yep. then that's why he originally targeted her. He was like, oh, OK, well, she was around my house. I'm going to go kill her now. Yeah, it you was, it was it territorial. Nothing... It was it was yeah, like, why, exactly. why the fuck is she standing outside of my house? Like, right. Exactly. And this is why he killed uh, the couple in his house in, in Halloween Kills, mm -hmm. because they were in his house. Mm -hmm. You know, it was and his that's, house. that's why he killed Lori's daughter, because she was, was in, in his, his house. house. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of that stuff where, you know, and everybody who got in his way along that route to getting to his house. Now, why he wanted to get into his house so bad, I don't know. But that was just his weird motivation. And that's fine. But yeah, so I thought it was interesting. The thing that about Corey's Michael is motivated. that every single time he's ever escaped or done anything like that, he just wants to come home. Yeah, that is it. Well, and again, that's the whole tagline. The night he comes home, mm -hmm. that's all. He, it's not about going to Haddonfield. It's about going to his house. Yep. You know, they were taking it to its logical conclusion with these movies. So I did think that was interesting. And like I said, I think I thought that was interesting that with with Corey, his motivations were all revenge. And, you know, in, in his evil in that way, were all that rather than, you know, Michael's, which was pure, just evil. I'm going to yeah. kill whoever, whoever happens to be near me or in my yeah. way or you know, whatever yeah so. um i uh, throughout the movie i figured that Corey was going to be the person to lead michael back to Lori, and right. that did ha that did happen um right. i think that i think that um even without Corey, michael would have come to Lori at some point i wonder i wonder about that though because again he's not specifically coming after Lori most of the time in these newer movies he yeah, is but, just trying but my to go thing to is like place. why why did he go back out oh i guess for his mask he, he was going after Corey to go get his mask yeah and as soon as he had his mask then he realized oh yeah. well, Lori's here too there's somebody else here i'm gonna try and kill this person mm -hmm. too because that's all he's about is killing people and yeah. then it just happened to be Lori, and it's like okay well Lori's gonna mess him up so mm. well i guess i guess not but because like the thing about michael is that like he always wants to come home but he can't he couldn't go home for four years so he was just there he was trying right. to find the right moment and he never found the right moment because Corey showed up took his mask and then he wanted to get his mask back and then when he got his mask back Lori fucking mur murdered like yeah a bad series of events for michael yeah <laughs> too bad um <laughs> but because but, michael was michael yeah. had been 
you know, at his lowest point in terms of power and everything. Yeah. He had been weak for, you know, however, however he was surviving for these last four years, he was, you know, definitely much. I weaker. mean, you could, you could yeah. see that he was like, he was taking things out like trash and shit. That yeah. was under the highway, whatever. So, right. Um, yeah. or bridge. I don't know. Um, but in any case, I'm glad that they didn't have there be another Michael because the thing that I've always liked about the Halloween series specifically is that it's always been Michael. There's never been right. another Michael. And the reason why I like Scream is because it always changes. There's never the same ghost face. Um, right. It's always a different person. And they always have their different motives and they have their different reasons, which is why ghost face is scary because you never know why, because it's always right. a different person. Right. Um, but they always go back to her. Um, anyways, talking about Halloween. So for Michael, I'm glad that we didn't get another Michael with Corey because he tried. He tried. He tried to be <laughs> right. Michael, but he fucking failed miserably. Yeah. Corey was a terrible replication. And I think that just goes to show how fucking scary and how fucking crazy Michael is. Right. Because he can't he can't be replicated. He he is an enigma. And <laughs> I'm glad that they never they didn't do that because we don't need a a changing Michael. It doesn't right. need to happen. I'm glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that, you know, Halloween is about Michael Myers and that, you know, unless they're gonna go the anthology route like they try to do with Halloween three, where each new Halloween movie is just gonna be Halloween and name only, and we don't get Michael Myers ever again. That if we ever do get Michael, if we ever do get Halloween with a you know version of Michael, that it's always Michael. You know, it yeah. does it, you know, it's the same with Friday the 13th. I hope that, it should always I hope be that if, should always be Jason. Nightmare on Elm Street should always be Freddy. You know, it should always be those ones. Whereas Scream, Scream set that precedent that it was other people, mm -hmm. you know. So I um I like that. Um I don't know where I was going with that. I had a thought in my head and then completely lost it. It went <laughs> um I'm glad that notes? for huh? I was saying do you have any more notes? Yes, I have two more. Okay. All right, go ahead. I'm glad that for this movie that they stuck to a relatively small cast. Um because Halloween 2018 or Halloween 20 uh, Halloween Kills felt <laughs> like a very large ensemble cast, which it was. Right. And that yeah. fit that fit the movie's theme. Yeah. But but I, I really didn't want to have to deal with learning a ton of people's names for this last one. And I didn't have to. So. No, <laughs> that was nice. Many. Um, And it, it managed to be it like more of a slow burn because of that, because it was right. focusing more on the like. The kind of escalation of Corey's evil and all of that right. and Lori having to return back to um trying to get into that Michael mindset because because since her daughter died I felt like she was trying to focus on her granddaughter and right um and then having Corey get back like come back was just like reminding her of that evil that Michael was and she didn't want that she didn't want that for herself she didn't want that for her granddaughter and it just brought back all of that trauma and I think that's really sad um but I'm glad that Lori got a good ending. Um, 
And speaking of the ending, that was fucking brutal. Like <laughs> seeing Michael's skull basically cracking and then being yeah. crushed. Jesus yeah. Christ. I don't know how they did that, but good job on the production team and the set team or whatever team for that because Special oh my team, God. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. That was amazing. That was an amazing kill <laughs> for Michael. Um because he did need to be shredded. He did need to be shredded in a fucking <laughs> car shredder because there's there's no way he would have been for sure dead otherwise. Even now, I'm still questioning it. I'm like, he could just like kind of back together. Like, I don't doubt that he could do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't know. You never know for Michael. He's been shot, no, burned, you, you stabbed, like kicked in balls like he's had everything happen to him and he's still fucking alive <laughs> until the yeah. end like even even when fucking Lori cut his fucking neck and he was bleeding out from his fucking neck and his fucking yep. neck, like carotid he was still fucking alive like oh my god this guy just doesn't die and he was still Evil doesn't die and, and he and he had his fucking hand slid down the middle and he was yeah. still choking the fuck out of Lori. How? <laughs> this motherfucker is insane. She would have died if not for her granddaughter coming back. Like 100 percent Maybe. Like, yeah. It definitely I mean, would have been a lot tougher. I mean, I mean, Lori was just like, do it. Because like at this point, motherfucker, like nothing else you can do um at that point. But I'm glad that her granddaughter came back to save her. But anyways, yes. I I did enjoy Halloween ends. Um, I did feel that same like, yes, Michael's coming back. Um, feeling when right. I heard the trailers and the sounds of the yeah, dun, 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 um, stuff. Yeah, and I mean, we still got a fight. It wasn't as you know you know hardcore as like 2018 was but I, again i think we had that with 2018 i think that's what people yeah. are upset about is that you know they really wanted it and because yes i i will admit the marketing did uh make it seem like it was going to be a big battle between them and yeah. that this was the end and blah 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 and i get that but that's what the marketing team does the marketing is always about getting your butt into the theater and doing what they can there's been lots of movies that have done similar things to get you into the theater and it's not quite what you're expecting yeah so but i think that that's what was interesting about the movie was while it might not be the movie we were expecting it was still a good movie mm -hmm. uh, and that it 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 was still fun and interesting mm -hmm. in its own ways it was still halloween so yeah i good. thought so we will have to uh sit and watch uh the the rest of the series at some point, uh, mm -hmm. the, the ones that you haven't seen, so that yes. you can kind of get a sense I, of the I need rest to. of those movies. I yes. need to see him being decapitated. <laughs> so I've yes, heard that there, happens. Yes, but uh, yeah, we we like I said, I've got a, all of those on uh, 4K right now, and so we'll sit down and watch those at some point. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about this trilogy specifically? <laughs> No, I felt like it was just a very good trilogy. Oh, and it made I you fucking remember what I wanted. Yes, I okay. fucking remember what I wanted to say. So I really liked the ending of Halloween Ends because it was it was emotional. Yeah, because 
I feel like that's we didn't need a big showdown between them because like you said we did get that yeah. in 2018 but it was very emotional it was a very emotional ending and I feel like it was it was a very somber kind of right the final end to yeah. Halloween and Michael Myers Lori and the town the finally man. got yeah Lori and the town finally got the end that they needed mm-hmm. uh, and then she could actually move on with her life in a way that she's never been able to. Now she's then. able to live the rest of her <laughs> life without living in fear. And she can finally be with Sheriff Hawkins and not have to yeah. worry about um, Michael coming down and working them. So, yep. Yeah. Anyways, that that's all that I want to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, do you want to tell people, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? If you want people to find you. <laughs> So where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at R-O-C-K-M-N-K-Y. And you can find me on Twitter at R-C-K-M-N-K-Y. All right. Well, thank you, Katrina. I'm glad we were finally able to make this work. Uh, Finally. Uh, So we will uh, hope to have you on again soon uh, as your your schedule uh, uh, permits. Yeah. So, Yeah. She she works full time and goes to school full time. So that's the major reason why it's very hard for her to, number one, even watch anything. And number two, get on the show. So And if you saw my dad's Twitter, I just got into a car accident like two weeks yes. ago. So yes. definitely have been busy and haven't been able to really do much. And she's fine. Everything's OK. I'm fine. We got, I get, a, I got, got a new car. car. Everything's so. all good. So <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. So there you have it, our anniversary episode and our first full year is complete. Thanks again to Katrina for making time out of her busy schedule to record with me. I have a lot more fun stuff planned in the future, including my next series of episodes on the works of Kevin Smith. Next episode, Ariel Power Shop returns to talk about Clerks and Clerks 2. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. You can follow the podcast on social media at Creepy and Geeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more from our Tea Public page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.